welcome to the Shenandoah Valley Life Podcast, where we introduce you to Shenandoah Valley residents who are living, working, and thriving in Virginia's iconic valley. Ready to make the Shenandoah Valley your home? Visit ShenandoahValleyLiving.com to start your Shenandoah Valley life. This is Jay Langston. I am the executive director of the Shenandoah Valley Partnership. Welcome to the Shenandoah Valley Life podcast. Today, I am interviewing Debbie Irwin with the Shenandoah Community Capital Fund. Debbie is an entrepreneur herself, but she is the bedrock of the entrepreneurial ecosystem here in the Shenandoah Valley. And I think you will be very pleased with what you hear about helping the entrepreneurs grow and prosper in the Shenandoah Valley. This podcast is brought to you by our friends from the Stanton Innovation Hub, a wonderful co-working space in the city of Stanton. Grow with us. At the Stanton Innovation Hub, a co-working facility designed to reduce barriers to innovation, open new opportunities, and cultivate community. Located in the beautiful Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, we're in close proximity to Interstates 81 and 64. We're surrounded by eight colleges and universities and have 30,000 square feet of co-working office and event space. Let us help you eliminate distractions in a safe, energetic environment. To learn more, visit stantonhub.com. Welcome, Debbie. I really appreciate you joining us today on the Shenandoah Valley Life podcast. I have been looking forward to this because you have a great story. And let's just start at the very beginning. Tell us about your background. Tell us how you wound up here in the Valley. And then we're going to go into all of the things that you're doing with the Shenandoah Community Capital Fund. I'm still getting the name down, but... uh, Debbie, take it away. That sounds good. Thanks, Jay. I always say yes to an opportunity to hang out with you for a while. So super excited to hang out with you today. Uh, But yeah, I came to the Shenandoah Valley as a JMU student. My sister had come to JMU as well, and she convinced me to come and check it out. And so I moved here uh, right after high school and, and started into college and fell in love with JMU. And then Uh, So I was going through my time at JMU. I was fully convinced I was going to move to the big city. I was a marketing major. I was going to do digital marketing in New York or Chicago or uh, something like that. And I talked to a lot of the recruiters that had come onto JMU's campus. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be life. Uh, And (laughs) studied studied abroad. And that uh, started changing my perspective a little bit. Um, But as I was going through that time, I met this really cute boy. Uh, and found, oh my goodness, I'm going to be staying in the Shenandoah Valley, actually. So uh, Nate was working at Dynamic Aviation and had a a really great career there. Uh, And so I was like, well, looks like I'm staying. What the heck am I going to (laughs) do with staying in the Shenandoah Valley? Uh, And really found it to be the home I've always hoped for. And so really enjoyed digging in more to the Shenandoah Valley since my time uh, at JMU. And that's what kept me here. And I'm really glad it did. Yes, and boy, have you really stepped into being part of the community. You're the executive director of the Shenandoah Valley, well, the Shenandoah Community Capital Fund. Tell us about who SCCCF is 
and and I'm still trying to get beyond it being called the Stanton, you know, fun. But Debbie, I'll let you take it away because you are really in a way at the nexus of our entrepreneurship programs. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. So uh, SCCF, which used to be called Stanton Creative Community Fund, was founded in 2008. Uh, we tend to thrive in times of crisis because that's what we're here for, to help during times of crisis. So 2008, during the Great Recession, the uh, city council and some really great members of the Stanton community got together to build a revolving loan fund and said, how can we start getting access to capital to early stage entrepreneurs? Uh, we focused in on micro enterprises and making the main streets that we want to live, work, and play in and really creating that base that we needed for entrepreneurship to thrive over the next 20 years years. Uh, and so it's been in existence for 14 years. I took over as executive director in January of 2019. We'd gone through quite a bit of transition during that time. And so uh, in January 19, I kind of became executive director by accident because uh, the rest of the staff left. <laughs> and they're like, hey, you should be interim. And I was like, all right, we're going to figure it out. Uh, and so during that time, I came across some amazing individuals like Larkin Garby, uh, and the Startup Champions Network and the TomTom Tom Festival down in Charlottesville. And they had a whole uh, track on entrepreneurial ecosystem building. And I was like, wait a second, this is everything we've been trying to be. Uh, what, what if we really stepped into it? And so we started moving in that direction, getting people together through the Shenandoah Valley Regional Cohort that had already been built uh, in 2018. And we extended that work. And we said, okay, well, what actually exists here? What what assets do we have for entrepreneurs? And we found out there's a lot more than we thought. Uh, and so as we started to map those assets, we realized, wait, there's also some gaps here. So where should we fill in those gaps? And that grew from really great conversations to a $1.2 million grant from Go Virginia, and then a $750,000 grant from the Economic Devel De Development Administration in September of 2021, and then a $1 million grant application from the SBA in uh, October of 2021. So it's grown from a staff of me to I am now hiring, uh, <laughs> and we will have 15 members on staff. Uh, and it's just really exciting to see that this didn't happen just because of me. This happened because of all of the work that has been taking place in the Shenandoah Valley for the past 20 years. And we're now we're able to execute on it and build on the momentum to build a robust ecosystem here in the valley. Well, you're being relatively humble in that. I'm going to tell the audience because you just hit upon several th themes that I want to, to talk about. First of all, you did handle a transition here the last couple of years and in a very positive way. And I think part of it goes back to what you were just talking about, your awareness of other programs that were available and your success in building upon those. So let's jump to that last part right now. You just mentioned the grants. Debbie, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, with yeah. the amount of money that you have been able to raise here in a relatively short time, your presence is over our entire Shenandoah Valley, beyond just the Shenandoah Valley partnership footprint, but all of Region 8, all the way up through Frederick County and Winchester. Talk about that. Talk about what you saw and how your presence is evolving to help the community. I think the most exciting thing about entrepreneurship for me is the building side. And so 
Uh, as we started to figure out what does the region need, all of the puzzle pieces were floating around in my head. And I was like, wait a second. I think I know how these fit together. Uh, and so as we were starting this coalition building, it was 17 partner organizations that originally came together on that Go Virginia grant. Uh, and we were like, what wait, if... Wait a minute. Repeat that again. How many? 17 organizations. So that was from economic development offices to the amazing Small Business Development Center to the universities in our area. And we started changing our language to what happens if we amplify everything already happening here rather than duplicating it. Uh, and so that amplification over duplication, and we also really leaned into people over program. What if we funded the people that were doing this? Because the people make programs work. Uh, and so we hired our two first uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem builders that were paid to do entrepreneurial ecosystem building. And that was really the precipice of what started the rest of this. Um, uh, we were uh, jo we joined the Center on Rural Innovation. So if you are a rural region listening in on this, you need to check yes. out Corey. Um, they took us through an entire year of free technical assistance to help us write the build to scale application. That seven hundred fifty thousand dollar grant, uh, which you've just recently received. Just recently received, and Corey was great. Um, they really helped us understand our data. We also did the Startup Champions Network Ecosystem Health Challenge. And then we started understanding different ways we can measure our ecosystem. Like there are so many more things going on here outside of typical job creation and new businesses started and things like that. There's different ways we can think about our ecosystem. Uh, and so as we were going through that process, we realized, wait a second, we can really capitalize on this. Uh, and so that's where I, we uh, were awarded the build to scale. I think the Economic Development Administration really saw that we were ready for investment because it's not all rainbows, roses, and unicorns here. We all know that. Uh, but there is definitely a momentum here that they could invest in and help create the change we need here. You have just mentioned several things that I really appreciate you drawing out in the conversation, but it was that depth of partners who were backing you. But it's also what you've been doing in terms of the ecosystem building and entrepreneurship. Let's talk about some of the activities you you actually participate in because you have people on the ground that are helping. Let's talk about the S2V program. Yeah. Uh, I see you you grinning, but that is a successful program. And I think, is that the one you're in your third cohort now already? Yeah. So Debbie, take it away. Yeah. One of the coolest things around ecosystem building is the whole part of getting to watch scalable businesses grow. And so part of the Go Virginia grant was to create Startup Shenandoah Valley, what we call S2V. Uh, and so what that does is it takes an entrepreneur through eight weeks of coaching, uh, but it's not all the same content for every entrepreneur. It's customized to their needs. Uh, and so as they're going through these eight weeks, they're doing what's called flex experiments. So like, what if I looked at this audience? What if I looked at this audience? What if I did this little test here? And so it's really cool to watch them go through these weekly experiments and realize ways that they can grow or validate or gain some traction within their business. Uh, and so... We've done three cohorts of this. They go through eight weeks of coaching, then they implement an implementation period. 
That could be three weeks for some, three years for others, three months for others. It just depends on how quickly they can execute on what they were learning in those eight weeks. But what we found is being in a rural region, you can't have, you can't start with just a 16-week accelerator that everyone drives to because I have employees in Winchester that when I go and see them, it takes me an hour and a half to get to them. An hour and a half to get there. That's right. Big region. Uh, And so it's such a big region. We're like, we've got to make this virtual. And so it's funny that we are designing all of this before the, you know, C-19, you know. Do we even mention the name? Um, and so we we were able to make that shift. And um, it's just really cool to, to implement something virtually and see these entrepreneurs come together, some being all the way from Rockbridge County, all the way up in Winchester. And they're still building these cohorts. They're still problem solving together. They're still creating that atmosphere that you want to create within an accelerator, mm-hmm. but they're doing it virtually. Uh, and so we're in cohort three now. So we've helped 28 businesses so far. The depth of growth is different for each entrepreneur. So that's a big thing we want to hit home is scalability isn't just software scalability where you're taking a software and you're getting a ton of venture capital and you're bringing on tons of employees, et cetera. Those are still wonderful scalability options. But if we start changing the definition on what we believe is scalable and the type of entrepreneur we invest in, we're going to see more diverse business here. We're going to see more diverse growth and you're going to see more diverse jobs. And and I think that that what you just said was something that I was leading to. You're not specializing in just one sector. You're helping across the board in terms of the entrepreneurs. Yep. And it's just the start. Like if you start with this very industry agnostic type of program and say, hey, we're going to help multiple different types of scale businesses. We've had a screen-free toy maker. We've had a custom spatula maker uh, for cast iron cooking. We've had a app for digital business cards. We've had a cybersecurity company, like all of these different types of industries uh, that now is going to lead us through Build to Scale to more specialized programs. And so if there are other programs out there that we can amplify, that we can on-ramp because we found funding, now we're going to see even more resources coming to the region that not us as an organization has to own, but now we're creating opportunity for other accelerators and incubators to pop up here and focus on the industry, but we needed to start somewhere. And so this industry agnostic model has been really working for the region. I really appreciate the fact, too, that you've said it a couple of times already, is that you've taken programs that are known to work and you amplify them. You're not duplicating. And that's one of the things I think that you have done such a good job at is looking at what's in place, amplifying the programs that work, filling in the blanks in in many ways of able to offer the kind of expertise. Now, this is a loaded question uh, and something (laughs) that you didn't anticipate, but name some of the people in your cohort. And the reason that I ask that is because I know for a fact a number of them have been on the Shenandoah Valley Life podcast. (laughs) Uh, So some of the the ones that I really enjoy chatting about, one is Ruth Rao. She uh, owns Mouse Loves Pig. And it's a say that again. Mouse loves pig. You'll have to check her out. There's a really cute story behind the name. Uh, So you need to check out her website to find out what it is. I'll keep that a secret and make you go to her website. Um, But Ruth is is amazing. She had a really great year uh, during the pandemic. The first she's been around for five years. 
And a lot of it she's doing herself, hand sewing all of these toys herself, hand sewing the masks. And now she's to a point where she's worked with VEDP and she is uh, manufacturing abroad. And there's some really cool things with how she's manufacturing. I don't want to give away more of her story because her story, she needs to tell her story. Um, But that's a different type of perspective on a scalable business where – it's she's really early in terms of being able to scale efficiently and so she's looking for all of those opportunities and she's finding really good solutions for it and she's utilizing the amazing resources that we not only have here in the valley but also at, at a statewide uh, program level uh, and so there's some, some really great things happening and then there's um uh, some really cool ones right now one is shanna mann she's with central virginia prep uh she's a uh Amazon fulfillment uh, organization. And so she does uh, what's called 3PL. Um, And so there's like some really cool things happening of one, in my great perspective, some really awesome women entrepreneurs too. Yes. Some some women entrepreneurs. Uh, And obviously all of our entrepreneurs are great. But another like really fun, cool story one is Mark Turok with American Parkour. So he builds a lot of the equipment that you've seen on things like um, World Tag. And then he's been in a lot of the D.C. schools training kids on how to play uh, and how to have exercise through play. And he also works with adults on how to find exercise through play with this really cool equipment. Um, And he's done international and national TV competitions. And he's here, right here in Shenandoah County. Um, And so it's just really cool to see that there's a lot of robust activity happening in the Shenandoah Valley. And we are so much more uh, than what people often think of this beautiful outdoor recreation and these places we want to hike and craft beer and uh, manufacturing and agriculture. Like now there's advanced manufacturing and there's ag tech and food tech. And there's like Michael Bender with Valley UAV who's utilizing drone technologies and agriculture. And you're like, there's a lot of incredible talent here that is just waiting to be discovered could not have said that any better. Thank you uh, for a lot of endorsements there. Debbie, with your background, uh, you were a graduate from JMU, our largest four-year institution, but one of, of many, and you saw yourself going somewhere else, but you stayed. What are you doing with college grads or those Prior to graduating, um, is that something that is is passionate for you? You know, because we're all about trying to retain some of our talent. But I'll let you take that away. Yeah, one of the things that's coming up actually this weekend, November twelfth through fourteenth, for us is a thing called Startup Weekend. So, Startup Weekends have happened in the Valley before, but this is the first Tech Stars Startup Weekend. I was going to ask about Tech Stars. Um, and so, Tech Stars is a really well-known um, entrepreneurial accelerator. But what we're bringing here is the content around a Startup Weekend. And so, how do you take an idea? from its infancy to figuring out if it'll actually work. And so we get to work with a ton of people this weekend for Startup Weekend. Um, And so that's one way where we're partnering with the universities to implement those across the region. The first one's in Winchester with Shenandoah University. The next one will be in Harrisonburg with the um, universities in Harrisonburg and then down in Stanton with Mary Baldwin and then down towards the Lexington, Rockbridge, Buena Vista area. Uh, And so those will keep happening. But another big one for me is I employ interns. Um, and they're paid internships. Uh, and that's one of them I've already uh, promoted from intern to program administrator. 
Uh, and if I had my way, she'd be a full-time person when she graduates from uh, college in eight months. Uh, so you know who I'm talking to, so please stay with yes. me. Um, <laughs> but that's one of the ways where we're really looking at what's the talent pool that exists within the universities. Can I connect those students with the entrepreneurs we're working with? Uh, we have some big dreams for what we want to do with an internship program here. Um my staff will laugh at me because we call them tiger teams. Um, and we really want to take these individuals and put them in with the entrepreneurs that we're currently serving. And so they get this support, but we're creating this internship program. So we're showing the students like, look, there's a lot of things happening here. Um, you can be, I was a digital marketer before I got into the nonprofit world. You can be a digital marketer from the Shenandoah Valley. Um, you also have remote work opportunities. And so there's just a really cool things happening here that make it the quality of life that I didn't know I was looking for. Um, I have two kids. I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, and that was, it was something I wasn't thinking about, obviously, when I was in college. Uh, but then I was also that weird college student that got married during college. So uh, <laughs> my perspective <laughs> changed fairly quickly. Uh, but it is the place that it, it's slower, but I still have had great career growth. Um, I am working with national organizations. I'm serving on national boards from the Shenandoah Valley. Uh, and so it's just really cool to see that so many things can happen here uh, when we don't underestimate what a rural region is. It, well, you ha do have a fabulous presence here in the Valley, and what you're doing is amazing. And I take it that the college students are kind of hungry for what you're providing in many ways, that exposure, because they're not getting it, not to the level that I want to see uh, among this phenomenal talent that we have uh, here and that capability. So I really appreciate what you're, you're doing. Okay, this one is a little bit of an oddball, but I want to ask it before I ask my last question that we ask all of our people. You're an entrepreneur yourself. You and your husband, I talk about that. You <laughs> you are living and breathing what you're preaching, and I think that that there's no better testimonial about what you're doing than you're actually doing it yourself. Yeah, I think a, a big thing about entrepreneurship is you learn to fail forward and fail fast. Uh, so my husband and I were looking at starting a, a hemp drying facility last year. Um, and we went and visited the manufacturers and everything in January. And then I uh, found out that there was also a baby on the way. And then the pandemic hit. And then we didn't have as many growers in the area. And then pure Shenandoah was just making things happen left and right. Uh, so we're like, wait a second, is this the right thing that we should be pursuing? Uh, and the more we looked at it, we're like, nope, it's not right. So we had to walk away from that venture. Um, but as Nate and I talked more uh, and we looked at my skill set, we looked at his, his skill set. He's an uh, engineer turned continuous improvement guy. Um, and we were like, we really want to help more entrepreneurs, but in a different capacity. Uh, and so we really want to support micro manufacturers. And so we're building the Manufactory Collective. Uh, it is a, a building that will support probably between five and seven companies at a time, give them services around manufacturing. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you'll have a purchaser, logistics, you'll have a designer if you need some uh, engineering work done and some drawing work done and uh, fulfillment. 
And so helping these entrepreneurs look like a mature manufacturer uh, a little bit before they're ready to be a mature manufacturer, uh, we've taken a lot of inspiration. I'm a big fan of importing knowledge from multiple other places. Uh, and so we're taking a lot of inspiration from Maple Ventures uh, out of Des Moines, Iowa. Hmm. Um, there's some really cool things happening on those flyover states. They're not flyover states. Uh, and so... We got a lot of inspiration from the Valley Makers Association, and so we're wanting to work with Ryan and his team over at VMA as well because there's so much potential in manufacturing, especially with all the supply chain issues that have happened within the past year or so um, and even outside of that. But we're really finding that people are hungry for more support around uh, manufacturing, especially for those who, who can't afford the quantity orders that a lot of machine shops will need and things like that. So is there a way that we can fill that gap so then we can partner with those machine shops when they're ready to make that type of quantity order uh, and really looking forward to that. So that's really what Nate's working on uh, full time right now, uh, as well as taking care of our cute kiddos. Um, <laughs> like here, you take the kids. I'm gonna go run us. Neither one of you are very busy. I can. No, take no, it. Yeah. no, we don't take on it. Like we, we should really be doing more. <laughs> but in all, in all reality, it's uh, perfectly aligned for Nate's skill set in terms of his detail-minded or uh, mindedness, and and then in terms of my skill set and how I know how to support entrepreneurs. So I'm excited. Um, we don't know if it's gonna work. And I think that's the the precipice of entrepreneurship. We have no idea how this is going to shake out. We're going through all the steps like every other entrepreneur has to right now, doing our customer discovery, trying to find that building, figuring out what the investment needs to look like. Uh, and so it's just exciting to be a part of the entrepreneurial community. And Nate's participating in Startup Weekend this weekend. I was like, you are going awesome. and you are participating because I need you to find out more information. So run your idea through the paces. Let's go. <laughs> so it's just it's really fun to be a part of the entrepreneurial community and doing it with my life partner um, and still liking each other as we're, we're going through the process, but still writing a really good operating agreement in case things do happen. Um, and so it's just, I don't know, it's really cool to, to see it from both sides, both from the support side and from doing it and wanting to, you know, pull my hair out every now and then. I understand, but I'm sure it brings a whole new level of not only empathy, but understanding and depth of expertise in working with your cohorts here. And, and I have great admiration for what you're doing, both personally, but professionally. You are such a success story with SCCF and how this is really resonating through the Valley and you're helping so many of our companies to take that next step, you know, and so it's very exciting to see our economy grow through the efforts that, that you're taking. Okay. Not necessarily the easy question, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a slow pitch. It's what's your perfect day in the Valley? Ooh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think for me, with having two kids, as much as I want to say it's taking a hike, that's, you know, me lying. <laughs> um, <laughs> really, a, a perfect day for me in the Valley is going to breakfast somewhere, whether it be somewhere in Stan. We also go to White's Wayside, so we make our little trip out to White's Wayside, um, or another great breakfast spot, and then taking the kids Probably to Montgomery Hall Park. It is my favorite park because it, they have the natural playground and everything like that. Uh, and then going back to our house and hanging out uh, as a family, um, probably watching some Netflix. 
um, and being a little bit lazy. But I think one of my favorite trips that I've taken when I was, you know, doing a trip within the Shenandoah Valley uh, was actually up to Luray. Uh, and we took our bikes with us and we like biked the pass and we stayed in a cabin and it was it was really cool that I could discover the Shenandoah Valley and still take my family on trips, but I don't have to go very far away and I can still be close to home because uh, I am kind of a homebody. As much as I travel and as uh, my husband grew up abroad, I lived abroad, um, I still really like sitting and just like watching TV together. Um, and so I want to say, yeah, it's going on a hike in our beautiful outdoor recreation, but I would be lying. Um, I really, really, really enjoy like a good glass of wine and just hanging out. Um, and so Green Room is a great place. Um, we, we go there. We love Ben and what he's doing there. Crucible for my cup of coffee in the morning now that they've opened back up. Um, I'm really appreciating non-COVID times-ish. Uh, to where I can actually go in places and sit, and even though my kids are a little bit crazy right now, uh, still find time to to hang out as a family or go on a cute date with my husband when we find time for that. <laughs> a great answer. Debbie, thank you so much for being with us on the Shenandoah Valley Life Podcast, and thank you so much for what you're doing in the Valley at building companies and providing that quality of life that is so abundant here in, in the Valley been a blast i'm excited to see where we go next thank you this podcast has been brought to you by the shenandoah valley partnership thanks for listening